0: I won't deny it I'm a South Sider You don't wanna mess with me Mm. Got the police rushing at me Mm. But I'm calm cause I'm smoking that CBD Said she won't (laughs) deny it She's a North Sider You don't wanna mess with her Got the police rushing at her But they can't do nothing to a top producer Said he won't deny Mm. it He's a West Sider You don't wanna mess with him Mm. Got the police rushing at him And he doesn't really care because he can't do nothing to the YPN chair. Mm.
1: Let's go. Take one and we're done. (laughs) Hello
0: everyone out there. I'm Brian Tierney. This is the Blessed Life University podcast, the blue podcast for short. With me today are Amy Duong Kim. She is a top producing realtor in the Chicagoland area with Compass Real Estate. Also with Compass Real Estate is my man Devon Chandler. Uh, he is the current 2022 chair for the Chicago Association of Realtors Young Professional Network. An incredible network it is too. And uh, the whole idea behind this is like I'm blessed. I'm surrounded by good people in my life, and I want to thank you guys for coming here to join me on a Sunday. It's a Lord's Day, whatever. It's a mm-hmm. family day. Um, we're always grinding. We're always busy. And I know you guys are busy people as professionals, but thank you very much for being here. How are you guys doing? oh it's our pleasure
2: this is fantastic
1: what an intro (laughs) i know (laughs) like man
2: multi-talented yeah
1: love it but thanks for having us appreciate it no doubt about it i I do my best i
0: try to keep it original keep it unique (laughs) try to pick out something about that person to add into the rhyme and it's performance anxiety too because like when most people do this they'll probably do a couple of takes to get it right and like what do you like about this or Mm -hmm. that but i always try to do my stuff like one take just to Keep things flowing along, you know, and just just be confident and just go with it. You know? Love it.
2: Enjoy it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Enjoy it.
0: So, um, so did you, did you guys bring a topic or two you want to discuss? Otherwise, I'll just kind of hit. You know,
1: I some got a couple, points. but also I'm I'm curious to know. Yeah, what I, uh, what,
0: what would you like to know? Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I started doing a little bit of research before um, you guys got here, and and I thought, you know, that this would be a, more of a getting to know you guys podcast so um you know I just started to look through your profiles and just see the things about you you know um I mentioned to Amy before you got here Devon that uh you know what a person puts forward and and what they capture with the pictures that they have in those moments they capture really say a lot about them and the two things I saw with Amy's pictures was you know um she's a family woman and Mm. um she cares deeply about her family and probably her children and her husband are probably some of her greatest sources of happiness and she seems to really invest a lot of time in that, despite the fact that she's a top-producing realtor and has her stuff together. Um, And so I noticed that. So it seems. I mean, it seems. together.
1: (laughs) And I I remember
0: when I saw you on the panel, because the first panel that you guys did for the Young Professionals Breakfast uh, was the top-producer panel, and I was like, you seem so funny and quirky and nice and intelligent and smart, and I was like, she would be a really cool person to have a conversation with and just laugh with and learn Mm. about uh, and then with Devon, I saw he has a like a small fur family, so it's him and his dog. Mm-hmm. Is it a boy or a girl? It's a boy, Tucker. Tucker? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, any other pets? Or just
1: anything? us two. Just us two.
0: Okay. Yeah. And what, do you got, a condo? Or uh,
1: yeah, it's just a condo in the West Loop.
0: Yeah, because yeah, I was looking at the pictures, and I was like, it, what it, it was what appeared to be some pretty nice views in the background. So I'm like, it seems like it's a nice nice place <laughs> wherever it's at over there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. good.
1: It's, it's, being a dog, dad has been interesting. Uh, I like to say it's calmed me down a lot. From, Did you grow up with pets? Uh, yes and no. Like not so much like the the sense of like, you know, how people have pets in the city. Uh, it was a lot different. Oh, for I us. see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, um, but yeah, he's helped me not have, you know, there's not a lot of four a.m. nights anymore. It's like okay, go home. Oh, I at, have to get home, walk yes, the dog. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I'm 37 years old, and those late nights, like. They happen once in a while, you know, you have like the car wars and then there's mm-hmm. an after party or mm-hmm. something like that. It's like but God, they hurt the next day. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't get to recharge that battery right and there's all sorts of I things was wrong. about to
2: fall asleep at like ten PM last, <laughs> last night. Yeah. Well, you know, I have three small kids. Mm-hmm. Um yeah I just you know, yeah it's just different now, so
0: <laughs> yeah your your kids seem very young, so you guys just started recently,
2: well, they're nine, seven, and two, so uh yeah, the I mean it, it, they're still young, yeah, uh, yeah, I still have to wake up at six in the morning, and I'm not a morning person, mm, so, and I can't really function if I don't have at least. Like, six hours to seven hours of sleep, Mm -hmm. so... And I love to unwind a little bit at night to just, like, veg and watch TV, like, stupid shows and stuff like (laughs) that, so no matter what time it is. So I don't really get to go to sleep until, like, midnight, Mm so... um, But, yeah, I... You know, it's a little, little, like, uneventful uh, (laughs) in in our household. (laughs) But Howard and I still have fun. Like, we love to go to Cubs games, Bulls games, Mm. things like that, concerts, that kind of stuff. It's just not, like, all-night ragers
1: like they used to be.
0: Oh, yeah, I hear you 100%. Well,
1: wait, I want to hear more about how they used to be. <laughs> Old oh, what's, what's, yeah, what's The 4 a.m. <laughs> well, she went to U of I Champagne, which i ah, yeah. oh, okay. I've had some good
0: times at U of I. I have too, but mm-hmm. holy shit, I think some of the drunkest I've ever been when I was there visiting. <laughs> oh, easy. Mm-hmm.
2: Easy. It's a party Ooh. college.
0: Yes. Alcohol is a really powerful drug that they didn't really warn the youth about, like, when these people, you know, at U of I, you'd be drinking. I, I was down there drinking at 18, 19 years old, you know. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They'd let you into the local bars, and everybody would just drink, and yeah. they looked the other way. And I don't know if that's speaks more to the culture there. It's like anywhere outside the city, a couple of hours outside the city, you start hearing southern accents and stuff like that. It's, <laughs> it's different, you know. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, like, you, you don't realize how powerful that stuff is. Mm-hmm. And, bef- you know, before you know it, you're like, oh, wow, this is what alcohol can do to you and mm-hmm. how sick it can make you. Because it's like... It's, a, it's like a temptress it's almost like a snake it's like that has two heads or something one makes you feel really good and the other one is just venomous and the next day mm-hmm. you feel like complete shit Yeah, mm-hmm. that's when you start feeling the poison it's so yeah. toxic well I'm
2: 41 so you know like recovering from hangovers is not the same when I was 21 yeah. so yeah. and it's like how much can you like I had a great it was great in the 20s and 30s but that's like two decades of <laughs> hanging out and drinking I don't need to do more of that you know so yeah that's
1: all hold on about it i am 32 and you know i i still i'm still in those days yeah i'll leave it at that yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah It's, it's been it's been it's been fun it's been different from you know like we we reminisce on the college days so i was at a bachelor party yesterday and um obviously you go down memory lane talking about you know your college stories and i you know i played college basketball so i got you know stories with that with old teammates and we were talking about what was better like college or now and people assume with me that it was college because i I had a lot of fun Mm -hmm. but i would argue that now is more fun because now you have money we're we're actually making money (laughs) exactly that's what i i liked after college 100 (laughs) percent agree with you exactly so um but you know i wouldn't i wouldn't change anything oh of course yeah yeah it
2: was just a chapter in your life Mm -hmm. so for sure
1: for sure, yeah. I'm still
0: young at heart. I try. Oh, to be... for, yeah, yep. yeah.
2: I don't try. I mean, just things in moderation. That's mm-hmm. all. So, yep.
0: for sure. Yep. I mean, I i still try to, you know, go to a place where there's dancing or whatever, you know, and like sometimes that dancing is like the only exercise I got in a few days, or it's like the best exercise I've gotten. Like,
2: so you go clubbing still?
1: Once in a while. Like, wow. Not a lot, a lot. Like one of my best. <laughs> do you
2: go? You don't go clubbing, yeah, do you?
1: Like not like clubbing in the sense of like. I got, uh, uh, let me stop. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> sometimes, like not like you know all the time, but I mean I just go with where the where the where the night takes me sometimes. Yeah. You know, sometimes okay. it's at Tao. You know, three in the morning. Sometimes it's to a dive bar. And, yeah. You know, I would
2: do it in Vegas. I don't know if I would do it.
1: Yeah. yeah, it just depends. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm very much a yes man. Um, like, I tend to say yes to a lot of things even before I even know what it really is. But, you know, it's a gift and a curse, to be honest. Um, like, it's opened up so many doors just being like a, like, let's go. Yes, sure. Yeah, cool. Great. Yeah, let's go. But it's also tiring sometimes.
2: Mm, yeah, so, for sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, that's all part for... for Devon said he probably lives close to some of the best like restaurants clubs in the and city stuff of Chicago, like that right yeah. like if yeah. you're in West Loop river north is like really close by mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. you said Tao and then like all those different little nightclubs over there
1: mm-hmm.
0: I used to go to a few different ones um, my friend his uh his cousin owned a club it was called it originally it was called Jilly's and that's like, friggin. Um, Chris Farley mm. and like different people, like celebrities, would go through there. It was like a big. Was it was like a bar. Yeah, it was Joey's Piano Bar, and then they switched it over to. uh... It used to be right by Excalibur before they changed over to Tau, ah. and I can't oh. remember off the. Ju- they called it the Joint. It was just th- <laughs> oh the yeah, Joint. I
2: saw that sign before.
0: Yeah, and okay. that was it. Was cool. It was real cool. Like in the one um, bar, it was like they had like a little dance floor, and it would get crowded there. People mm. would dance, and then on the other side they had like live music. They had like a jazz band or like mm-hmm. a blues band or just like a friggin' you know whatever like old school Sinatra type stuff because he was like Ooh. it was kind of like a mafioso feel mm-hmm. okay. but like it was really cool and sometimes I'd go there and then we'd like pregame before we hit sound bars yeah I miss uh, I kind of
2: yeah. miss old Chicago you know like where you'd go to like jazz bars I and like do. places like that oh you still do yeah of course I okay bars. really oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah okay I just I guess I just haven't been you know I usually when we go out we'll go to like a nice rest like we just said Travoli Tavern you know like I know it's so good.
1: Love trivoli, but
2: you know it's like a nice dinner, and then let's go
1: to a jazz bar. Okay, yeah,
2: yeah. we'll go to a all jazz bar. All three of us let's go to what, a jazz let's bar. Do it. <laughs> yeah, because there's, there's probably
0: a lot of good ones in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You don't really know about them until so you like. Seek them out or talk buddy to somebody. guys goes, have you been yeah, there? Body guys. Oh. I, I used to go have, to King, not,
2: Kingston Mines. Is yes. that still around? around.
0: Yep. Oh, cool. I've been to neither of those, but I know how legendary yeah. they are. I feel bad actually because. Oh
2: k- yeah, Kingston Mines. I, we went there all the time before. We'll
0: get it on the books.
2: Yeah, on the books. On Sounds the books. good to me.
0: Yeah, I've never been, so I definitely need to get in there just because these are you know legendary places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and like I don't want to miss out on that. Yeah. Some of these people, like, like you got Buddy Guys Legends and all that, and, like, you mentioned Kings of Mines, like, don't want to miss out on those opportunities. Mm-hmm. There's just so many, so many good things here. That's probably – that's one of the challenges of our business, too, is, like, it's abundance of opportunity to mm-hmm. – Yeah, well, Chicago is a great city.
2: I just hope, like, you know, with COVID hopefully, you know, dying down and things reopening and, you know, yep. kind of revives again. The only thing that I, you know, will – miss about covid was that traffic was so easy <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yes it was
1: beautiful
0: <laughs> it was scary kind of like when i, I, I would drive down i-55 and there was only like <laughs> four other cars within like a friggin couple hundred yards of I me. Mean, it was weird it was yeah. so much
2: it's traffic last weekend i hated it yep.
0: it was it reminded me of like friggin one of those like you know uh, what was that movie uh like patient zero or whatever Walking I, Dead or whatever. I am
1: legend. Yeah, and kind right. of, yeah, kinda. Like when I was like, Where, where is the
0: everybody? Theory. Like it was like <clears throat> it, was there a nuclear war? the <laughs> friggin' like aliens just take over and eliminate everybody? I'm one of the last survivors. It, it was weird. Yeah. I mean, think about like the magnitude and the you know, just the sheer magnitude of the American economy, that 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 machine that keeps rolling along and then to see that like completely oh, yeah. shut down for a while. Mm-hmm. Very bizarre. Yeah.
2: Oh totally. And then this logistic nightmare that now exists with not just building homes but um, renovating homes and just all these things because you can't you can't redo a kitchen if you can't get the cabinets mm-hmm. or For like six you, months. Yeah, or exactly. Mm-hmm. Or you can't redo a kitchen if you can't mm-hmm. find the workers. So because they've moved on to different types of work. So um, yeah, it's a very interesting situation we're in right now.
1: What do you think? You're the the great Amy. You're crushing (laughs) it. Like, you've been around for a minute. Like, where do you see, like, the market going over, like, the next, you know, six months to a year?
2: Oh, only the – we will still have this problem for a very long time. If you can't create inventory, like, if you can't build, um, and you still have the same amount of buyers, if not more, the demand will still be high. Mm -hmm. Prices will continue to increase. You know, you read about – Slow down. I, if there is a slowdown, it would be have to be the fact that unemployment is high. But there are so many jobs that are not filled. So mm-hmm. un, unemployment won't be an issue for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Possibly interest rate, if interest rate increases. But I still don't think it would play a factor in people's lives. I think we've come to a custom to paying a lot of money for everything.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes.
2: Right? (laughs) When you go to the grocery store, when you buy, you know, this, you know, the seltzer, like these limes are three, four times more expensive than they were two years ago. Mm -hmm. So everyone now has this mindset, oh, it's just inflation. Everything's more expensive. Mm -hmm. So this is just now the way of life. So I don't really think the interest rate's going to deter people at least maybe to 7%.
0: Mm. Do you think it could go up that high before people really slow down?
2: They may not even slow down then, but yeah, I at least seven percent. I don't think it's going to get affected at six percent. Mm. There I'm, may be I already
0: th- saw somebody with a rate the other day of over seven percent, but Did I don't you know. Really? I don't know if it was like an ITIN loan or what. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure yeah. because if it's ITIN, where they're not like a permanent resident, mm-hmm. yeah, or it has to be because the rate and, is like five percent right now. Yeah, yeah so. But, I mean, I've been seeing those getting closer to six, too. People around five and a half, mm-hmm. five, and five. five and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if they're lucky, 4.7 like, or in the fours, or they spend a lot of money to buy the rate down, which is what I plan on doing as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so I got lucky with this building. Um, I refinanced and got an incredible interest rate. It was the best one I would have gotten mm-hmm. because when I first bought this building, I took out an FHA 3 k loan. Mm-hmm. And when you're getting the extra money to make repairs on the mm-hmm. building there's, it's a higher interest rate. So Mm -hmm. it's above 5.1 and I got it down very low now. On Mm -hmm. my home that I'm in the middle of purchasing now, I'm gonna probably have to buy down my rate. I'd like to get it close to where it would have been had I purchased like a year earlier or something. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: Well, if you could do a 15 year arm, that could be a good option. Your mortgage payment's higher, but then it gets you into a lower uh, lower interest rate it's just a higher mortgage payment you know my monthly. cash
0: flow is such right now that i i don't know if i would want the extra yeah mortgage you need to put because, it in your business well yeah you know i have the business here and you know the tenants and then the staff and just you know insurance and all the overhead costs it all adds up mm. um but uh but but yes i was thinking about it because i don't want to have to refinance or wait till we refinance because who knows like when the rates will go back down again i mean for years they were historic lows they're still relatively they're still low, historically mm-hmm. speaking. If you look back yeah. in the eighties, 12%. percent. I have heard sometimes even close to to as high as twenty percent. Yes. Of course, property values were lower back then, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like you were paying, you know, ten percent on, you know, three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars back then. Like I think when my dad bought my home or like our family home in this area. I think he paid under a hundred thousand. I think oh, it's from like seventy, seventy five thousand. Yeah. And he paid it off like a hard working immigrant paid it off a fifteen year mortgage off in like seven years. Mm. You know, like, oh, it's definitely a different
2: payment. situation for um, you know, first time homebuyers. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, um, yeah, it's just hard. But the great thing is that there are products out there that if you know, you have to search for it but can be helpful that with maybe 100% financing, I mean, you can't change the rate, but, you know, maybe help with not having to bring so much to closing. Mm. So, five, three 3.5%, 5%, 100% even. So, we're, I'm doing a deal with someone who's doing the whole thing finance, and it's through NACA. I'm not really familiar with that. Mm. probably have to Google it, but um, I never even heard of it. Yeah, it was... It's a great program. I
0: think I might have heard of that one because that if I'm thinking the same one, it's not even that far from here. They have some kind of office in, mm-hmm. in this area. It's like a community something. Yeah, like that.
2: it's backed by Bank of America, so it's oh. not like you know some one-off thing. So I
0: have to Google it. Yeah, I have sure. to Google
2: it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well we'll see. Hopefully, it remains um, really good because like I was super scared <clears throat> when the pandemic first hit. Oh sure. Um, you know I I was you know scared it took out a payroll protection loan and all that which Mm -hmm. that's a whole other headache in and of itself um well what uh, do you
2: think about the market what do you think you'll see happen
1: you know what i think that with interest rates like you said i think they got to get up to i think like eight before people would get deterred Mm -hmm. from buying but Mm -hmm. um like separate from interest rates just my perspective on the market is I think that like I've started seeing people who have kind of like gotten priced out of their original mm, So um, they reduce their, okay.
2: you know so like for
1: example let's say they were pre-approved for 500k you know three four months ago um, the rates are way different <laughs> you know so yeah. they, can, they can afford a lot less home now and yeah. so it's reduced their purchasing power. yeah exactly mm-hmm. so like that's kind of been uh, an ongoing conversation and a battle recently with buyers and so what I've been doing is basically having people kind of circle back to properties that have been on the market more than 90 days mm. and you know looking at properties that you know just require updates you know mm. so like New appliances, floors, paint that sort of stuff things and, that they uh, can
2: do over time
1: yeah exactly and so we've gotten some good deals recently and so and these are with buyers who like you know our first time home buyers um, who are like me lazy mm-hmm. in the sense of I don't want to do what thing work. when I move in you mm-hmm. know moving ready like I want it to be damn near new construction and so now I'm having to get buyers to kind of change the way they look at you know homes and how they think about the market so uh, it's been good. Oh, that's been... cool.
2: I never really thought of it. I like focus on a lot of pocket listings. Yeah. So, like, focus, get on the private. Like, I always set them on the private. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, you know, of course, look on Zillow and whatnot, but try to f- see if these privates will work because mm-hmm. at least it's less competition. For sure. So, but yeah, stale list, like, listings have been on the market a little bit longer, yeah. that's a good way to look at it, yeah. too.
1: Um, with, with the, so we obviously are both at Compass, um, so it's not like a huge Compass plug, but I think the Compass coming soon, like I've gotten a couple of deals with those that are mm-hmm. just, you know, like like essentially for people who are listed in Compass agents will list it with Compass first before it goes to the MLS. And so again, it's just kind of like trying to find that, you know, advantage for your client to get a, a property. It's mm-hmm. tough um i've learned this you probably have known it for a while but like as you get up there in price point there's literally just less homes Mm -hmm. and so it's even more competitive and so it's like you know you're running into the same agents with you know like they certain agents have a ton of inventory and so Mm -hmm. it's been nice to kind of get in good with some of those agents to like let you know ahead of time like hey well i got this coming up or hey you know this might be coming up soon so um it's got to be creative though oh totally this is uh, it's interesting because we had this conversation uh, at a car meeting I was in um, and we talked about how, you know, real estate's so sexy of an industry that combined with people losing their jobs, like ton of people are getting their license now. So many people, you know? so many new yeah, realtors. Like, like literally once a week, hey, I'm thinking about getting my license. Hey, I'm thinking about getting my yeah. license. Like where do I start? And so, I think the pendulum will swing back in terms of... Oh, for sure. It'll weed out some people who are thinking that this is just an easy paycheck because... You know, on Selling Sunset, they make it look so easy For and glamorous. God, that's to watch. Yeah, like the, yeah. The Selling Sunset, its one where it's like a bunch of young, beautiful Barbie dolls. Yeah. <laughs> <and>
2: they <laughs> yeah. argue with each other.
0: Isn't that what it is? Yes. Yeah, I only saw it in my cousin's house. Oh, I was like, so
2: people kept on asking me about mm-hmm. Selling Sunset. Like, is real estate like this? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't watch the show. Right. But so let me just watch the show. Mm-hmm. I could not get past. I mean, I watched you one know, episode. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's great. Like, it's entertaining to certain people. It's like
0: Paris Hilton meets real estate or something <laughs> to me it so, seems like you know what I mean like that's the kind of vibe I get you know like, not I mean
2: people love it it's just you know I, if you if we work real estate I don't really want to watch real estate right. on my downtime you know so I you know I watch Million Dollar Listing because I just love Ryan Serhan and Frederick yes. um I'll still watch that but I won't watch any other like I won't watch T V
1: or well Serhan's talented like yeah he's, he's like he's talented his like brain and the way he thinks about marketing is like Genius. It's legit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it, I couldn't agree more. So like I, I watch him too.
2: And I love his discipline. Like yeah. I wish I can be disciplined like him. Yeah. But, you know, See, we're here, human.
1: Here I am. I'm like, I wish I can be disciplined like Amy.
2: <laughs> no.
1: I meant to ask you guys. Do
0: you work in the same compass office or no?
2: No, I'm at the Kinsey. But I work city and suburbs. So, you know, I'm mostly just home working. Um yeah but you're in wicker park right
1: yeah yep yep so mm-hmm. mostly out of the buckton office and then recently like i usually post up at the lincoln park office because there's just there's just more room i'm kind of spread out so
0: yeah and when you guys for the non-realtors like myself mm-hmm. when you mentioned you know the private listings or private market do you have access to only or well first of all i guess just tell um the listeners what that means but also Is it only within your brokerage
1: or do you have, is there other little private like things? I know there's a lot of Facebook groups and stuff like
2: that.
1: So yes and no. Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to, I think it's fine. Um, If not, I'll get in trouble and deal with the consequences. I'll
2: tell you if it's not fine. I'm a manager broker.
1: So the new, so I think we just launched like a, a thing that to basically we'll pull in all PLN, so all private listings. But before it was just Compass, right? Yes, correct. Correct. There we go. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize that though. Like there's a there's a private and a public. So.
2: Yes.
0: If I feel like if you guys have to have access to it, it's not really that private though. It's almost like all the realtors know about this. The private one, it's like,
2: well, it's a, it is an effort. Yeah. yeah, you, it's an effort to get on the private listing on the private, and it's very little information. Mm-hmm. So you know, if one, two, three main, and in a listing in a live listing, you're going to have a ton of pictures, the detailed listing sheet, but in the private, you literally don't even have to post a photo. It is just the description. So, and it doesn't even have to be a description. It could just be the address. And it's a when you post, like if you see someone sign out there, but you Google it, you can't find it. It's because you have to put your listing on the private to put the sign up. So some realtors do that, say coming soon,
0: and start getting offers before it's even public.
2: Or interest, you know, before yeah. before it goes live. Okay. And then so that's one reason why some realtors do it. A second reason is like, you know, like well my clients are still decluttering like all, all sellers, you know, yeah. if they're they need to declutter, they need to touch up, they need to do all this stuff. But why waste this opportunity if you know they know they're going to sell it? And if someone is willing to do a, give them their price, then you know, they they could take it. I mean we're in a little bit different market now that maybe it wouldn't be 100% worthwhile to do a private as much as it was in the past. Mm-hmm. But I used to make everything private before.
0: So private is through the MLS. There's a private section that hasn't gone full live listing yet? Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. now on the
2: MLS. But okay. it used to be mostly on TAN, Top Agent Network, and then within Compass, of course. And too. then it's
0: TAN. Do you have to pay a fee to
1: be part of that? You do, yeah. yeah. And you got to be a big dog. Yeah. Oh, do you? I think it's top X percent. Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've been a top dog for so long. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, you little people. No. <laughs> she doesn't even think about how it was before she was a top dog. Like, yep. Yeah. Yep.
2: No, I, I do remember when I first started because it was like the real estate boom. That kind of like how it is now. Yep. And there's so many realtors. And I didn't go into it as a, like, uh, you know, because it seemed like a sexy career. I just went in it because my family had done it before. Mm -hmm. So um but yeah, like there are so many new realtors. Mm -hmm. And really, I mean, they must think this is so incredibly harder than they initially thought.
1: Especially in this market.
2: Especially in this market. It's so much harder to be a new realtor in this market than it was like five years ago. Mm -hmm. Even two years ago. Which is when I
1: started. Like was like Five-ish years ago. So
2: it's good that you got that five years yes. in, yes. you know? And what
0: do you think are the factors that that, are, that, are, that exist now that are making it harder for these realtors? I mean, I think I know what they are too, but I'd like to hear from you guys.
2: There's no opportunity to get listings, I would say. Very few. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say some realtor, some maybe their network may not want to use them because they're new. Uh-huh. Um, they may not know how to negotiate in a multi-offer situation why that's why i, th- that's why I th- think they may have it difficult a difficult time right now what do, what do you think
1: yeah no i couldn't agree more um so being um new ipn board and just being you know around all these different boards and committees it's certainly like like it, it's it's less time to like be mentored almost because the market's so fast and mm. it's so quick and it's just like it's it's not normal mm, <laughs> so no, it's, it's like normal. you know um so uh, realtors who are seasoned are struggling in this market, you know, so new agents are looking like, like, wait, what? Like, I don't just open doors. Um, I don't just post on Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just a lot more work and effort um, because we also do it to ourselves. Like, we don't post, like, the bad shit. Like, we don't mm-hmm. post, ooh, my client just lost three offers. Yeah. You know, like, we don't post that. Yeah. I think we probably should, but, like, um, the last part is, expectation-wise, like, mm-hmm. they get into it again like seeing selling sunsets seeing these shows and like seeing realtors instagrams mm-hmm. of, of us closing deals and going under contract and you know doing cool podcasts like this mm. sipping you know tequila like mm-hmm. but they didn't see you working before we started yeah you know your laptop yeah you know yeah. Um, yeah. or like i'm sure i saw it she yeah. was over here like making phone calls about to submit an Feast. offer i believe mm-hmm. and so like so for there. me it's just me and my puppy and we talked about this a little bit off camera <laughs> um okay, I, I literally probably couldn't do it with three kids <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. mm-hmm. like i struggle with just me and my puppy and she's got three kids and a husband and like crushing it so
0: well yeah and the amount of pictures you had was like family time like where there's family stuff going on it's like i i, I would love to see it in action because i know that it's not easy to have that work-life balance to so still like really spend time with your kids and have meaningful moments with them but also crush the game as
1: well you know mm-hmm. How do you do it?
2: <laughs> uh, I'm just. I think I, it's like time management. You know, I <laughs> Superhero don't. Superhero. Yeah, no. Superhero. Uh, yeah. Like I don't surf the internet. I don't. I'm not on Facebook or Instagram. I am for work, in the sense of you know. And I, you know, I do. I, I do want to see what's going on with my friends too, a little bit, um, as much as I can allow. But I just like try to like make every minute worth it. Like, if it's with my kids, then it's with my kids. And when I'm working, then I'm working. And I'm going to work as fast as I can during the time that I'm working, you know. So, I, every day, I make a list of what I need to get done that day. And I do the most important things first. And, you know, if I don't make it through the list, then that's okay. I did at least the most important things. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, if you focus on that, I think that makes it it, when I realized that when I implemented that it made my life a lot easier. Mm. Don't get me wrong. You know, a lot of things fall through the cracks, especially in my house, Mm. you know, like laundry piles up, you know, I don't know what I'm gonna make for dinner that night. Or, um, you know, I forgot to help my daughter with her homework, things like that. Like, so it's not perfect. But it, you know, you just do the best you can every day mm. and not beat yourself up too much.
0: Love it. We t- we talked about that a bit before you got here, too, of just, like, the um, – for me, it's a trial and error. Mm. Um, I'm a collection of my experiences, mm. and I, I try to either win or learn, you know, and it's a tough industry because I feel, like, in my position as a real estate attorney – you're defined by your failures more so than your successes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like people don't see you close this many deals per year, but you know, one bad thing goes, and happens. And well, what have you done for me lately? You're only as good as your last closing. So mm-hmm. it's it's a real challenge. And so what I have to try to do is I know that at the core of my business, communication is key. It's, it does so many things in terms of expectations or buying more time when you need it. hey you know i i was honest i had a guy he just wanted to change title in his home he wanted to do a quick thing and i told him i got my ass kicked at the end of the week man you know thursdays and fridays are the busiest days of the week for the real estate attorneys mm-hmm. a lot of people are trying to close before the end of the weekend into the house for the weekend whatever and so for me it's like a trial and error like for i had a bit of a slow patch during the winter so it was like January was the first time I felt like in two years where I had a little bit of breathing room, and I was like, I was still riding this wave of Christmas spirit, like, you know, like, friggin', I was never a Scrooge, but I'm out there still saying, Merry Christmas, <laughs> fucking guy across the street, How are you You know, if you're doing well, or whatever, you know what I mean, and I'm just, I, I felt good, started picking up end of February, then going into March and April, I was right back at it. Um, but I was exercising. I would get here early in the morning. I, mm. I'm building, like, a gym in the basement, so, like, half of it is going to be, like, Brian's Underground Lounge, where I have a friggin' like, mm. place to take a phone call in private mm-hmm. or sit down there and be on my Wi-Fi on the laptop if I wanted to, and then exercise. And then, like, this last week, I didn't exercise really at all. I was in St. Louis with family last week and got a little exercise in, and then I did yoga Monday night, but all the rest of the days of the week, I really didn't do anything. Yeah. But before you guys got here today, I got some exercise in, mm-hmm. and it felt like a million bucks. Mm. Yeah. Right? It, it feels so good to like move your body and get that mm-hmm. blood flow. My point is, I just have to adjust my schedule because sometimes it's so busy that I know like I won't be able to. It's like I can either. And do I this bet you're gonna really, be more really productive.
2: Well. You're gonna be more productive because you worked out, or it you helps. didn't drink, or you got enough sleep. That's like, from that's how I felt when I got stuff. You know, when I did things for me in self care <laughs> was I did a better job.
1: It usually pays dividends. Yeah. yeah. Do you know uh, Kelly Parker? Yeah. Kelly Parker? If I saw her, probably. So she's a compass agent. She runs a team, uh, Chicago Home Collective. Mm-hmm. Literally one of my favorite people and one of my like favorite realtors. Uh, mm-hmm. We did the YPN podcast together, which is, a. I mean, oh, I just love her. But she talks a ton about um, a lot of things, but, like, you know, self-care and, like, taking time. Like, I think she said she took, like, damn near a year off because mm-hmm. she was just burned out. Like, she's like us in the sense of... Like, she's a workaholic, like, and she works hard. And so we talked about, you know, um, like, the hustle culture is Mm -hmm. kind of what we, like, termed Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's cool to work hard. Like, it's, like, glorified to, like, ooh, I work seven days a week. Yeah. Like, that's not healthy. No. No, it's not. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And so, but it's, like, so it's, like, glorified. And, like, we kind of were, like, kind of trying to figure out how to, like, Mm -hmm. articulate Like, it's awesome to work hard and crush it and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, put in extra time, but you also got to take a break. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and we talked about the quality of agents, which, like, I'm curious your your thoughts on on both of these. Um, Like, as a newer agent, when I first got in, I was like, oh, like, I get a, you know, a text at 10 p.m., I got to respond to it. Mm -hmm. You know, I get a call at 9 p.m., I got to respond to it because that's what good agents do. And it's like, well... That shit's unhealthy. No, yeah. (laughs) So, I don't know, what do you think about, you know, quality of agents these days?
2: Oh, I, well, to my clients, I say I I really cannot function past 9 Mm p.m. So, if you send me a text, I will see it in the morning Mm -hmm. and I will respond. But before or after that, it's just not, I mean, I may see it, I may be up, I may see it. Mm -hmm. But um, I tend not to respond because I just don't want an expectation that they're going to get that again. Yeah also but i always say it from the get-go that i'm not you know i don't work well at night
1: have you always been like that or no would
2: i would I, so there was a year that i all my business was international mm. like all my clients were from asia and china to singapore hong kong and because i was selling a ton of real estate uh, in chicago but all the clients were international so i was up in the middle of the night all the time i'm like this is what's the time difference like? a 12 hour difference oh
0: 12 hours so so
2: i would have like, some meetings at midnight
0: it's mi- noon there and you'd be on the phone at midnight or yeah so or a oh video God. call
2: even mm. yeah so after that that year and you know obviously we sell still sold a ton and the you know it was a great price point too but um it just wasn't healthy and i'm yeah. like i'm not doing this anymore you know i'm just gonna do it at my hours This expectation of me working literally 24 hours is not healthy. So I'm not going to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this this is after that. I think I was just like burnt out. I had like PTSD from that. So (laughs) uh, I was just like not going to. Yeah, I wasn't. It it just didn't work well. So when that happened, I'm like, I'm going to set this boundary. Mm. And, you know, now I think it's I think realtors are very afraid to set boundaries, Mm. you know, They don't, you know, when I I say, you you may not always get me at a showing for listings or for buyers. I will make every attempt, but I'm only one person. So, you know, if as long as you're okay with that, then we can work together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think my value is really at the negotiation and the process, not to make sure that you get into a home and I'm there with you. Mm -hmm. So if I give that expectation, I would say 90% of people are fine with that. Mm -hmm higher than that to be honest with you. Love so. it. So
1: dropping gems on me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <laughs> well just
2: creating boundaries.
1: Yeah, love it. Cuz
2: every other career creates boundaries, right? You every other career creates like you work not like no expectations of an email past 6 or 7. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, what other career is every day? No other career. Mm
0: yeah this is something where people need to be a part of it because we circled back to what we were talking about earlier is like the new the influx of newer agents over the past several years but but now as well and we will backtrack to that even further just to kind of i want to just throw in some thoughts that i had you know maybe some factors that are contributing that as well but we we talked about the the hustle of it and i almost i feel bad like guys are we all really being real with each other when we glorify the hustle like that because we know that success is a blessing and a curse like too much of a good thing can be a bad thing mm-hmm. and it's like is it all really all good if you have a nice car and you have a lot of money but you left them uh, you know a trail of emotional wreckage with your family like there's this there's this guy naval ravicott um and i initially saw him on the rogan podcast a while ago really cool dude he's like an angel investor and like a tech guy in mm. silicon valley and he's like the goal should be to like get to the finish line with success without the stress. He says stress is the big killer and you don't want to leave your family, like he said in an emotional wreckage or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But unfortunately in this business, we kind of have to like pretend like, you know, like I grind every day and it Mm -hmm. always feels good. It's like, no man, like, you know, like in my situation, I have a mom who's older and now I would love to spend more time with her, like her health's not the greatest. but I sacrifice a lot for my clients, Um, I would like to spend more time with my wife or just, days of decompression where maybe I don't mm-hmm. even do anything. Like, yeah. I saw, I go for a bike ride, but not have to worry about the guilt of, like, while I'm doing it. That's the tough part that I try to manage as a professional. The guilt of, like, while I'm doing this, there's, like, 20 important things that need to get done. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I went into this business, I didn't really know, like, I was the, kind of like the newer realtor, would never shy away from picking up the mm-hmm. phone or responding to a text message. I worked in a real estate law firm before I started my own law firm, and the, the guy there who was, like, the patriarch of the family was, like, He'd hear that phone ring. Somebody answer that. He's like, pick it up. When that phone rings, you pick it up. Mm-hmm. And it was like drilled into my head that like, mm. in this business to get that success, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I have another friend of mine who's coming to practice law with me. And he's like, just keep on taking it on until you like reach the point where you know you're too busy. But the problem is like, I'm busier than I know what to do with right now. Mm. It's mm-hmm. very hard to manage because... You know, it's a battle of, if I communicate all day, then there's going to be a pile of actual work to get done.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And then, you know, if you're like, well, why isn't the work done? Because I was on the phone, at least I responded and we were talking. Or, why didn't you respond and answer the phone? It's like, because I was doing this. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's this constant battle of trying to adjust and like work on the fly. I have a team of two full-time assistants and we're trying to find a good third fit. We had somebody who was on trial and stuff here for a while. But it's this thing where I feel like we have to pretend sometimes we're happy about the hustle Mm -hmm. when we're really not, you know, because... How much of ourselves do we have to sacrifice? Like, when when you start picking up the phone at 9 or 10 at night or you respond to that message, that's a very slippery slope because Mm -hmm. then you can get dragged into this long conversation. Mm -hmm. and, And I don't know about you guys, but the clients I have, Go call with an initial question. This won't take very long. And each question is a yeah. hit with another follow-up one. Mm. Yeah. Well, what about this? Or what if this? And how do I handle this? Uh, this is turning mm-hmm. on into a full-blown cons- <laughs> consultation. Yeah. No mm-hmm. wonder the divorce are ch- attorneys are charging $40 <laughs> per email or whatever they're doing.
2: You know
0: what I mean? Time is money, honey. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So you those- should
2: do schedule son. So when you are working at night, then every email gets sent to 8 a.m. So everyone thinks that you uh, are working at 8 a.m.
0: How what do you what um what do you use for email?
2: Gmail, but everything will be there's a like there's a thing that you can st- set so you don't send it instantly, you send it at you you can schedule it to send it in the morning. Then your then your clients will you know like the, you know because everybody looks at the time oh oh my gosh they sent it at 11, 8 p.m. they yeah, must yeah. be working yeah but if you send it at eight a.m. even though you were working
0: Gmail has a schedule option uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, I haven't messed with that on Gmail. I use an app called Do It Later, which is a, it's like for text messages if you want it to be sent at like nine yeah, see
2: perfect yeah, uh, so exact same that. thing.
0: And then, or sometimes I'll make the draft, and it'll stay as a draft yeah. on my phone and it's popping up right at the top, so I know when nine o'clock it's all
2: yeah, send it. it. No, like do schedule send. Distracted, before yeah, exactly. I'm Just do a <laughs> schedule send, then it's out of your brain. See, the only tough
0: part for me is we use a legal software. and There are many like it, but the one I use is Smokeball and it tends to be very good for like real estate attorneys. It's integrated with my Outlook, mm-hmm. and does does Outlook have?
1: I don't know, we use Gmail. Uh, I think we used to have Outlook, I'm pretty sure it does. <laughs> it I'd be, I'd be,
0: it'd be crazy if it, it did. It should, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because that one, it's there's a plugin with the program that it saves all the emails I sent for that file within the file, so it's always nice to keep track of. Mm-hmm. I know it's been sent, or I know it's there. Yeah. I have a record of it.
2: Um, But this is what you should do. This has helped me. Maybe this will help you, help you too. Give it at least a try for seven days, okay? Anything that's on your mind, put it in your notes and then forget about it. So when you actually get to a computer, then you do the the, what's on your list. To so use the
0: time efficiently so you're not thinking about it the whole time. Exactly. Or partially done when you Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So
2: like when I'm hanging out with my kids and I think about something cuz of course I think about things and yeah. think about work It pops in your it head. It pops in my head. I'm like and then you know maybe back that used to, I used to like hurry up and go to a computer and do it or hurry up and try to do it uh, like on my phone. I would just make a note of it on my in my phone and then um Sometimes I don't even understand my phone because I have like one-word notes and I don't remember what that is, so I'm trying to it do a socks, better job. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm do trying to do a better job of making better notes.:
0: Cyril? Cyril, why was I going?: <laughs> to Yeah Exactly. No yeah. what why?: yeah, yeah. I know it was important.: Exactly. Why did I get this bill? You didn't tell me about this. I meant to I put it.: Exactly. In
2: but if you've made detailed notes, let me clarify detailed notes, because I have to work on that. Detailed notes so that you could remember what you have to do, then you don't, it won't be in your mind. Hmm. It really works.
0: I've been I've been pretty good at that. I have a notebook that I use. I have one that I leave here at the office, which I haven't even left. The traveling one that I bring home with me is usually the one I use. But it's kind of like my, my things to do, do list. Yeah. And one other thing I started doing was sometimes i i don't feel like the satisfaction of crossing it off sometimes i have to put like a check mark next to them so i know how many times i've been in that tennis match like i served the ball this way oh. i'm waiting for it to come back at me i serve it back because a lot of the things i do is a process like once i do one thing then i have to like send a text message yeah. or some follow-up email or make this they document do, it's and then like have a them sign it, and then turn it back. yeah it's a broken down process mm. of how it all gets done so i'm like if I cross it off there completely, I feel like I'll overlook it. Yeah. So a lot of lately, I've been doing checks or whatever. I try to keep dates. Um,
2: well, you have dates. a much more detailed oriented job, mm-hmm. whereas you know, for us, if we make mistakes, it gets all fixed through. a Either a large headache yes. or some very yes. Oh, made. forgot! Oh, forgot to check this universal. Yes. Eh, yes. We'll let the uh, attorneys take attorney care of review. it. Attorney review will
1: take care of that. <laughs> yeah. Who, who? Uh, not even who, but like who? Like what are like your your favorite realtors that you work with? Like what do they do that like you just absolutely fucking love?
2: Oh, that's a good question.
1: Um,
0: I I don't think they would mind me representing for them. You Forum. don't have to say their name. Forum Forum what do name you just there, like?
2: What do you like that they do?
0: Um, there's a, there's a top producing team, um, that I work with and, uh, great people. They're friends of mine and they're like, are you top 1% in Chicago? Uh
1: Uh-huh. Of course she
0: is. Okay. Just, just asking. (laughs) I I missed the car wars. I was, uh, where the hell was I? I was out of town. I don't know. It was my wife and I, uh, seven year anniversary of being Mm -hmm. together, just dating, not married. Yeah. But uh, so I wasn't able to make it that night I had to I, had to I was
2: at Disney so. <laughs> so
0: there you go but yeah. somebody probably called your name out or you were there or whatever She'll yeah. Get they that definitely did. Later. yeah they yep. did but what they do is um, and they have been doing I, they were kind of talking about stopping like guys I've been coming to your morning meetings like once a month for uh, for a year but they do them every day and they bring in their team and they have their you know they have a large support staff and it'll be you know 14, 15 16 sometimes 20 realtors will be there at a meeting. And they're not all on the team, but they're part of the office. Mm-hmm. And, like, the team leader, who it's his team, he he goes through – well, first of all, they look at numbers, and then they they talk about scenarios and, like, role-playing, and then they just do little, like, leadership things. And he teaches them about, like, saving your money and in investing and growing. And I'm like, do a lot of realtors – like, do a lot of brokerages just do this for their team? Because, like, you have these young realtors here, and they make good money. And he's, mm-hmm. like, telling them, like – set up a Roth IRA account like this and you know here's some you know funds that have been doing well or here's some stocks that you might want to take a look at and thinking outside of real estate in terms Mm. of you know diversifying you know if you do a flip here or there you have a buy and hold and you have that stream of income great and then also stocks and different things and teaching them about investing that's cool teaching them about leadership principles and good habits like Mm -hmm. he actually gave me this book so this is um, Leadership Promises for Every Day by John C. Maxwell, mm-hmm. and they would they would read the daily passage kind of together and just internalize those principles that can help you be a better leader or a better is a leader of yourself in your own business. Mm-hmm. And I, I must admit, I'm behind. I'm probably ooh, my bookmark is at March 28th so I have a lot of passages to catch mm-hmm. up on. Yeah, but um. But that's super helpful. That's the team, like that family-oriented atmosphere. Like it's a different thing to be like successful and not have anything to show for it at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But having that blueprint in place that they're giving them about like bettering yourself and saving for your family
1: because a lot of these people make the money, nobody tells you that. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, so. I just started a team in November and. we're six deep uh, as of this upcoming tomorrow, Monday.
0: Or well, you built it up quick, huh? Built yeah. it up
1: quick. You know, it kind of happened. Like, I expected it to be a little bit of a slower burn, but, um, like, not to be too confident. But I think that the reason that I'm getting, like, a really, really good response is, like, like I'm giving up ton of support like mm-hmm. so similar to what they're doing like well we meet every Monday like most teams do um just for, like a regular team meeting uh, we do something similar with leadership Tuesdays uh we do this thing called real estate therapy um which is like you know 30 minute like vent slash mm-hmm. rabbit hole session mm-hmm. of like your 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 annoying clients, like your bad deals or like you know something like you're struggling with um, Wednesdays, we do a thing called um, uh, HCH University. like So my team's Hello Chicago Homes. Mm. So it's like a university of where like we'll talk about, maybe we'll talk about how to um, literally just write an offer, like write a winning mm. offer in a competitive market. Mm-hmm. Or we'll like, go through how to write handwritten notes or whatever the heck it is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, something that's going to be like legit learning. Um, and then Friday, like a team huddle, um, which is just like a quick little... Like, hey, what are you up to this weekend? Any open? That's houses? awesome you know, and so, um like super nervous about starting the team, but I think that, like I said, like the support aspect of it, like I've been on two different teams before this, mm-hmm. um and like I thought that just legit putting your money where your mouth is and giving support. Um, Was just a good way to you know scale up and build a team with like good people and good agents, and Mm -hmm. so far it's kind of, as I knock on wood, it's kind of paying off. So um, I'm gonna take a picture of that book though before I leave. Yeah, me too. It's great. It's kind of connected to the Bible, and like
0: John C. Maxwell actually acts acts as an interpreter for a little bit because like. Mm. You know, when the burning bush is speaking and blah, blah, blah I'm like, I don't know what, how that's really going to relate <laughs> oh to my, my life. But, <laughs> <When> he, <like, laughs> he gives you, like, what's the takeaway in there. And it's, it's great. I mean, it really helped me with, like, constructive criticism mm, for my team. because, mm-hmm. And, like, just training. Like, the one day he just talks about, he's like, here's, like, a simple formula for training in many businesses. They watch you do it first then you watch them do it and then they do it on their own. And it's just like these little mental frameworks to think about to like really keep you systematic and and, and confident in your your ability, but definitely it's, I mean, you probably get it on Amazon for a few dollars, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a little Bible for just uh, living your life well and, and, and leading and, and being a leader to yourself as well. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it sounds like what you're doing is pretty cool. Cause, yeah, it's like,
2: awesome. It's, it's very similar
0: to what I was talking about, but each day you have a different
1: purpose, of that, and it's, it doesn't even take that much time. 30 minutes. Yeah, like, yeah literally. 30 minutes. Well, Mondays an, is an hour, hour and, days, and then everything else yeah. is 30 minutes. Mondays in person, because um, I do think there's like something to be said about like, legit human connection like Mm -hmm. i think the pandemic obviously like made us a way more virtual world which is a gift and a curse but like i think in person also is like impact where you can like Mm -hmm. feel the energy from person good or bad you know they're having like a shitty day or like a shitty weekend or whatever but um check in with me in like you know a year and
2: (laughs) oh you'll be killing it come come back yeah you'll be killing it it and
0: Mm -hmm. we'll see like Seriously, definitely come back um, some other time because we can talk about where the interest rates are at, what that's doing to the demand like we talked about today, and then see how your team has developed in that time. My guess would be, I mean, you seem like a very successful, full-minded person very professional, like, I guess it would be it'll grow a lot, assuming the market doesn't tank or something, which
2: it should. Well, honestly, even if it does tank, I mean, real estate still exists, and (laughs) real estate still happens, and that's when I became a top producer, was when the market crashed in 2008. Half the the realtors left, Mm. and so it was less competition, and, you know, I just grinded, Mm. and I just worked, and I didn't, you know, think about that the market was bad. It just... It was, it was more sad than anything because, you know, when people called, you were helping them through a financial situation that they couldn't afford their house, they were getting a divorce, possibly they lost their job, you know, whatever it was. Um, so if anything, I was like, it was, I thought I was more helpful than in any time of my career because I was helping them out of a situation they didn't want to be in anymore. So um so yeah the it's like uh, kind of crazy but the you know and the when you're talking about weeding out or you know unfortunately maybe some newer realtors won't be able to handle it because it, it's just the market's too crazy it's just a different crazy so
1: did you um i'm just so curious about that like time in real estate obviously i was i wasn't doing real estate obviously mm-hmm. but like like how like crazy was it it was bad yeah, yeah. And I wasn't even, I was in school, so mm-hmm. you
0: you speak your piece, and then I'll tell you what I mm-hmm. witnessed as a law student working in mortgage foreclosure division. Yeah. Else, holy mm.
1: shit.
2: It was just a mm-hmm. tr- lot of short sales, lots mm. of foreclosures, lots of paperwork. Did
1: just, it happen <laughs> quick, or was it like a slower burn? Just Oh, like,
2: slow. We're oh. like, oh, this is just temporary. Oh, this is just temporary. Because it was just so unbelievable mm-hmm. that prices would go down. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it was just like sliding down. And then when it really hit hot lo- rock, by, d- rock bottom, I mean even for even my own place with my you know then when Howard when he, we weren't we were only dating and he bought a place and uh, his place was 330. Like mm-hmm. we bought it for 330 in Pilsen, two bedroom, two bath with a rooftop deck, easily be would 500 what year was now. This um ish. 2000 2005. Okay. And then the market crashed in two thousand six, and it, I would say his worth was like two thirty, mm. like at that time. Crazy. And you know, uh, you know, I still wasn't really stressed out then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say, you know what? Everyone needs a place to live. Mm. Everyone needs a place to live. We're not selling tomorrow. We just have to see what happens, okay? And then, you know, thankfully, it was. It's all supply and demand. When prices are not good, people aren't going to build. So that's what happened in 2007, all the all the supply stopped and people, new developers were not building anymore. They stopped building. And that's when prices started to slowly increase again. And then 2012 st- stabilized and, you know, from 2012 on, it just continued to increase. So um, and so we should, in theory, sh- should be building more than we're doing right now. But because of the current situation, lack of labor, lack of supplies, we cannot build. So that's why I don't think it's going to be the same. Like we don't have a real estate boom or like bubble. A, a bubble mm-hmm. because that a bubble is when you have too much inventory mm-hmm. and we don't. So, you yeah. know. I used to be an actuary. That's all about I forecasting. Saw that as well, too. <laughs> so I'm like a huge real estate <laughs> nerd.
0: <laughs> so. For those of the listeners out there that don't know what an actuarial is, my kind of like core notion of what an actuary is is the like the law of large numbers and like crunching numbers and and taking the large numbers but breaking it down onto a more micro scale um, as to how it works out for companies and risk.
2: It's risk. So, well, so people hire actuaries to, you know how like we all have insurance rates, like you have a home insurance, you have a car insurance, you have health insurance rates, right? Someone has to figure out how much that costs. And to figure that out, you have to understand what the risk is involved. Like when a a 40-year-old will pass away or when a 30-year-old will pass away, that's why your rate is going to be different than mine. It's all risk. So, you know, I just had to forecast, I had to learn how to forecast, um, I had to learn how to assess risk, things like that. So I just took my um, experience of that and my, you know, because trust me, I was a horrible actuary. I was like,
0: really <laughs> bad. <laughs> just, the, the work wasn't exciting to you or something? You didn't like Oh,
2: it? I was, it was very exciting, but I just, you have to be pretty smart. I mean, I was just like you average at smart. best. No, average at best. Yeah. I mean, people are actuaries are brilliant, so I was just like an average at best actuary, and I took that information and then brought it to real estate. Mm-hmm. So I just have a different perspective in when it comes to real estate. How did so, you get
1: your start in real estate? Was it?
2: Well, my family, like my dad, owned a ton of apartment buildings, and then my brother is a realtor. He's on my team, but uh, oh. like on our team together. But um, like he, he owned a brokerage before. I. I I was managing a broker at that brokerage mm-hmm. um, and then and then decided to join um, a, a brokerage because of, we didn't like owning our, our own place. So, um, but yeah, that's just how I got started. So, really? yeah. I, I mean, I think if I chose anything, I think I would still, I would have still had this kind of thinking bigger picture or the macro economics of stuff. Mm-hmm. It just happened to be real estate. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and and you know, you had asked earlier about like how bad was it. Well, mm-hmm. it, it was bad in many different ways. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I was I was a poli- uh, political science student at mm-hmm. uh, University of Illinois Chicago when that was all going on. But I was into economics. I was in the economics club. I was thinking about minoring in there. I never did um, a minor in economics, but I, I stayed up on it, like the events that were going on, and we were very close to. A global financial collapse that could mm-hmm. lead to World War III. If mm-hmm. you, re- I mean, that's because what starts happening when you have that kind of collapse. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just weird time where there's going to be a struggle for resources and for power in the international um, community, and so it was really weird. And we had, you know, some of the world's biggest financial institutions that were about to collapse, but then they also had, like, insurance bets against their own products and shit, and they were making money off of that, and then they had the bailouts. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: what you were saying is that a lot of builders got out of the business just Mm -hmm. because there really wasn't money there. There was this huge inventory of foreclosures because they were doing, like, no income, no job loans, Mm -hmm. and everybody was getting approved. So you had these people that, you know, when they were doing the adjustable rates would eventually not be able to afford their mortgage anymore or so, taking
2: 105 110% LTV loans which doesn't exist I- either either so yeah, that's another you can reason only why yeah the is at before yes. you could take
0: out over cuz the, the the thought was these homes are going to keep on appreciating exactly. value, so we'll give you 110% yes. or 120% equity or whatever or a 20 percent loan mm-hmm. to value um but what we end up seeing was this a glut of foreclosures and these take a year or two i mean a year or two Two years would have probably been a quick foreclosure back, yeah. then and they would drag out sometimes for years at a time. Mm-hmm. So, they came this huge wave just coming in that all had to be dealt with and worked their way through the court system. And then, on top of that, you had a lot of short sales. So, if you're lucky, you could help these clients. But doing short sales for anybody who has never done them usually it requires a lot of document gathering on the real a lot of part, document or gathering or a company that's paid to do it on yes. behalf of the attorneys or somebody. Because you need to see tax returns, you need mm-hmm. to see bank statements. This is probably why hardship. I don't
2: think TC work is that bad. Because I lived through this time where mm-hmm. we needed three to five times more paperwork than we do now. Mm-hmm. So well, because
0: if the bank's going to take a loss, they need to see that you have some kind of problem: uh, loss of job, reduction of hours, mm-hmm. death in the family, divorce. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of strategic short sales multiple, too. Just so that the bank will agree to take the loss. Yes. And then if you had some income or assets on the side, they would ask you in addition. So all right, fine, we'll take the loss now, but you're gonna sign an additional promissory note that you have to pay us in an for the, the gap of what we lost.
2: Yeah.
0: Sheesh. So there was, all this was going on, and it mm-hmm. took a lot of effort to get these short sales done. And the problem is, a lot of times, if the buyer was waiting, I mean, now you can get it, if you have all the documentation you need and everything's in place, and it's just like one loan instead of two loans, plus judgments or liens or something, you can get a short sale done in a few months. Mm-hmm. But during that, that wait, there yeah. was so much two going years, on. Yeah, two it, could sometimes. Be, it could be. Yeah, a quick one would be like six months, nine months, yeah, or something. And then maybe be a quick. year or two. You'd get a great deal on the property, mm-hmm. but it took so much work. And then the buyers would get impatient. So you'd lose the buyer. Luckily, the short sale banks will consider the initial offer you had. They don't know if it's terminated or not, or if the buyer backed out. But what you can find then is the information of. How much are they willing to You remember
2: otherwise. all this. I like, you know how like when you have a trauma that happened in your life well, and then you forget sales. it? <laughs> I, I still
0: do them, uh, But, okay. but okay. there's not as many of them. Cause yeah. like you were at a tough time where probably you might have, all oh, you had was short sales. Oh,
2: all I had was short sales. Mm. All I had, I uh, the, like, there was one year that I, I, every deal was a short sale mm. that I had done.
0: It's pretty wild. And then it got to the point, so. I've only the, ever done one oh well,
2: yeah I, like, be happy
0: i stumbled through it i was like oh, hopefully you um, never have to do it hopefully none of us south south have side. to you a, side. yeah side's easier it's just yeah. more of a waiting game The yeah south side, you have to help them gather so much documentation and hope that it gets approved mm-hmm. And then you got to hope that if there's any big bills out there, they owe like a water bill in Chicago, that you ask the bank to pay for that as part of the short sale, like because the, they're taking the property
2: the taxes or whatever, yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: condominium association dues or oh, whatever. Yeah, they that... ask them to mm. pay the, some of the back ones mm-hmm. so the buyer doesn't get stuck with too much of it. Mm-hmm. But the point is just that wave kind of cleared up. It felt like to me tw- uh, 2012, 2013, yeah, 2012. 2014, and then it got back to business as usual. But what we saw was. The amount of rehabbers who are snatching up these foreclosures and short sales and just flipping—they—they they basically rebuilt the city of Chicago, and there's mm-hmm. not many places left to go. I feel where you can get deals like that. Oh no! A house.
2: Well, then plus like prices increase, so there would be no—I mean, nobody wants to do a short sale, you know that they—they they don't want to lose what they've already put into it as a down payment or paid off. So, you know, like everybody has equity now. I mean. I'm sure that there are empty nesters who would like to get out of their house, but there's nothing for them to get into. And then, yeah, the problem sh-
0: we see right now. Yeah, right?
2: right? That's what we're going through now. There's, there,
0: there's inventory out there, but they, they can't find a place in the burbs where they're exactly. looking or vice versa if they're trying to get back to the city mm-hmm. to even get so, out of the house. Yeah, we're, we're so at a standstill.
2: That's what we're in real estate. So <sighs>
0: The interesting part of the crystal ball would be to see how that ends up playing out. Because to your point, without the, the building, like Chicago's been built, right? You're looking at the surrounding suburbs plus the west suburbs, like southwest, northwest. There's mm-hmm. places out there where they can start building new developments. And then do the people work out there? Or are they driving all the way in here to work to make their money in the city? Mm-hmm. How that all work? But we haven't <coughs> seen enough mm-hmm. of that. We've been so underbuilt for a long time that there's just not a lot of places to sell. And that's why, like, when I was looking for homes, there was, like, six homes listed in my area mm-hmm. that I was mm-hmm. looking for, you know, mm-hmm. around here where I'm trying to stay, where my heart is, where I grew up, all that. Um, and so close to the office, like, this is kind of my anchor now, so I don't want to stray too far away. Like, I mm-hmm. wouldn't want to live, like, two suburbs over, and then come back here. Because to your earlier point, like, the in-person part of, like, what we do is, like, it's it's actually for our mental health as, as well. Like, we need that interaction. We need to be around people. And I find that we're so much more efficient as a team when we're right here together. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's a toll that we've seen – you know, play out that it will continue to play out over the next few years and like I think we really as a people need to learn like what lessons do we take away from this mm-hmm. what sacrifices will we have to make or will be we, we be willing to make when this type of thing happens again because you know it started off with like the two weeks to flatten the curve thing but mm-hmm. we have consequences from this that we're going to have to deal with for years to come like, no. like you said the inability to, and, then, and then the influx of realtors in the market I think is kind of connected with that too number mm-hmm. one mm-hmm it was, there was so much demand and the interest rates were so low that it was easy to sell homes, right? So like, you know, you had a listing, you're Mr. or Mrs. Popularity, boom. And then, you know, everybody had buyers and they were ready to go. But then when there's, then also these people were like, a lot of the realtors are getting in the business now, were probably like, man, you know, I'm sick of the nine to five or that, you know, working for somebody else. Like mm-hmm. I see these people doing so well that I just want to give it a try too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that may not be the best thing to do. Like, and certainly another thing is if you're going to get in a restate full time, one of the realtors who I talked to was like, they, you should have a six month. Oh, easy. Yeah. To like really make it. Cause some people want to go in full time. It's like, you're in a tough situation right now. You're going to be in multiple offers every time. And if you don't know how to negotiate that,
2: uh-huh.
0: you're going to lose. And it's disappointing. And mm-hmm. your clients oh, have to yeah. be like, Willing to stay with you mm-hmm. or whatever have you, um, as well. It's, I mean, it's, it's disheartening
2: time. too. I mean, um, and don't get disheartened by losing an offer because you know we always put our. We, I always tell the clients, well, you put your best foot forward, and mm-hmm. it just wasn't meant to be. But I'm sure, as a newer agent, to put like seven offers in and your buyer still doesn't win, I mean, that's probably very emotionally tolling on them. Mm-hmm. I yeah, it yeah, must be. I so think, I feel bad.
1: I think too. um... So you're talking about... Um, I hit a lot of six, things there, but there was a lot of things I kind of wanted to tie yeah, back for in. for sure. So
0: it's that whole web that we've talked about. The, uh, mm-hmm. What you
1: said about, you know, having like that six-month uh, kind of cushion saved up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like rain. how I got into real estate, um, Eli Masood, uh, who's also at Compass. Oh, yeah. Um, shout out Eli. Mm-hmm. So um, like he started the team Second City Agents. Uh, Got it well, tatted you got a tattoo. Your so Damn, bro. <laughs> You're 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 100 in. So so he's man. my guy, man. He's so uh, we worked. So together. you were
2: on his team before? Mm-hmm. Oh, yep, okay. Yep. So
1: so pre real estate, uh-huh. uh, we both worked for a company called James Hardy. Um, so think of uh, Hardy board fiber cement siding. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got oh. some in the front of the building actually. Some yeah, Hardy. Saw board. That. Yeah. Yep. I never yep. even know what it was until yep. they're like, use this stuff. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, it looks great. So he was on like the the management team, crushing it. And uh he started an inside sales team at Hardy, and so I was one of his first uh his first guys on an inside sales team and um he's like, yo dude, I'm doing real estate on the uh, on the side like you know I need help, you should get your license and i'm like eh i'm no i'm good I'm, yeah. I'm making like a nice." 35, 40K a year, like, <laughs> thinking I'm high rolling. You know, <laughs> okay. and then like, he literally- It's a nice in- a steady income to have that check, home you you feel good. This is like my first job out of college. Yeah, so, and then he literally like, kind of woof of Wall Street at me and like started showing me commission statements. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit, this dude's like, he's like making like some legit money. Bank, he he yeah. made my, com- like, my salary on a couple commission checks. Oh, yeah. so I was like, all right, I'll get my license. Like this is, this makes sense. So I got my license, joined his team. Uh-huh. Uh, we were at Dreamtown. And so we were doing, you know, full-time sales Mm -hmm. and full-time real estate at the same time. And, uh, like, I think that there's something to be said about that, too, because I think that there's a perception that you can't do both um, or that, like, you you can't be a successful realtor if you're part-time. And, like, Mm -hmm. if you are lazy, you know, of course you You're not going to be successful anyway. But Mm -hmm. I think that if you don't have the savings, like, I don't think there's any wrong in, you know, doing – Another job, but for some of the
2: security, yeah, yeah. Until you, until your real estate. I for a
1: while. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd have
0: I'd have a part time job until about number yep. one. Oh, I was such an one. idiot. Yeah.
2: I like so I had a job. I, <laughs> so I a job. I so I was looking for a job. I was interviewing, and that's when my brother was like, "Go get your license." And so I did get my license, but I had a job at what's that? One of those big consulting con- Deloitte and Touche. De- so I just oh, got an yeah. offer at Deloitte and Touche to be a, a data mining analyst. So, I don't know. That sounds kind of important. It sounds um, <laughs> kind important. And I'm like, and so I turned it down. They're
0: going to give you data and you're going to analyze it? Damn, they must be confident in you. Well, I turned it down. And
2: then, I, like, now that I think about it, now that I have children, I was like, I don't know why I did that, you know, at the time. Yeah. Like, why, like would I tell my kids to do that? Mm-hmm. I hope I tell my kids to do that mm-hmm. so they could just go and do what they want to do right. and just go for what they love yep. and not pick the maybe comfortable or whatever, or, you know, but why didn't I do it part time? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I just didn't take it at all. Right. So that's interesting. Like yeah. I, you know, it, well, it's a tough
0: challenge because, like, usually to be successful, you have to dive right into things. But financially, that should be scary. Yeah. Like, because I feel like if you still have that steady paycheck, uh-huh. you have that mental confidence of knowing, like, I'm always going to be all right. But also, yeah, there's some extra gravy. On
1: yeah. You. Yeah. Well, so, but so there was a so there was a there was a breaking point. So, um, like people don't know this, but I, I mean, I was full time up until last year. Oh. You know what I mean? So yeah. Like, that's I'm, a lot. You know, paid, like you know, close to 10 million with a full time salary mm-hmm. job, and like. Like, I literally, like, was having conversations with, you know, people who I look to for guidance on, like, you know, important decisions. And I very much got, like, super complacent and just, like, because I'm, like, ooh, I'm crushing it. And I'm also, like, salaried. And I'm, like, Mm. I'm fucking Superman. But Mm -hmm. then it's, like, well, at this point, you have enough saved up to go full-time. Like, what are you actually doing? Mm. And so um, my point is, like, you hit that breaking point of, like, okay, bro, like, are you going to go full-time? Are you going to, like, keep doing both? Like, what makes the most sense? But, um, starting out though like the reason like they both work was because we put like a plan together to say hey like we're gonna be full-time by this date you know mm. so it wasn't just like a a little you know just roller coaster ride or like a like a go round is what I meant to say. Well, it's um, cool.
2: Like now, realtors, we have some guidance and hmm. a business plan, and there's hmm. books that you can read. Actually, that can tell you how to be a successful realtor. <laughs> when when I first started, <laughs> there were no books. You know, the, like there was no. Uh, I think Million Dollar Agent from Gary Keller had maybe just come out, mm-hmm. and we're like mind blown. <laughs> but before oh. that, it just we didn't. There was no. Mm-hmm. There were. You, there was no resource. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I remember still seeing faxes come through for listings. What's a fax? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. And the I mo- got fax,
0: but it comes through the email. And then <laughs> at my brother's
2: old brokerage, there was still books, like, you know, like if you had a table here. For listings? Of listings. Crazy. That's how MLS was, you know? So it was just, uh, but faxes were
1: totally yeah, this come was in. in the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. My little brother would literally. So my little brother's twenty. Uh-huh. Uh He'd literally be like, "What's a what's a fax machine?" Oh yeah. Like he has no idea what a, what what we'd be talking about. Uh uh-huh. yeah. I
0: wouldn't really use them if it wasn't for short sales. You have to use them. A lot yeah, short the bay, sales. You have to fax. Faxes for uh-huh. a lot of the stuff you have to send in. But if it wasn't for that, I mean, that's where I really use it the most. Or if my mom needs me to, like, send something or her office or some Yeah, it was always faxing. It, it, yeah, it, it, it was always I faxing. it and then it through email. I got, like, myfax.com or whatever. And we you know, never had a
2: GPS, so I had to really know Chicago. I, like, studied the Chicago map. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't get my dri- – like, I had my driver's license when I was 16, but I actually didn't really drive until I was 21, 22, so when I actually started this job. So I, like, did drive around Chicago, learn how to parallel park, <laughs> mm. <laughs> things like that. You
0: probably got really good at that, and – yeah, you're an OG too because, like, my dad was an electrician, and when he worked for contractors, he would have to drive all over the place north, suburb, south, suburbs, east side, west side. Mm-hmm. He worked at Ford City Mall right over here in the area. And, like, he would tell me when I was younger, like, he was like the map quest before I had it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, yeah. yeah, you're going over there. All right, well, you take 294 South over here, get off there, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's a G because, yeah, like, I, I start thinking about all the stuff you couldn't do without GPS. Oh, or like, totally, how lost you would get. You have to stop it. At oh, all I'm totally going to teach my kids how to okay, like get, to get navigate.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what happens when your phone dies? or, or Read something? a regular map. Yeah. yeah. If
0: you have a map in the car, like I never really learned the maps, but we go to Wisconsin. Um, we have a summer home there that my my mom left or my dad left to my mom when he, he passed, and eventually it'll be my brothers and I. And it's like shit without GPS or whatever. Like I mean, it's only really a few roads. Once you do it a few times, you kind of get the hang of it, but we don't have the time to go up there a lot. So we'll go like two, three, four times a year if we're lucky. Because it's a long drive to where you have to go, but it's like, man, without maps or, or without like a Google Maps mm-hmm. or whatever, it would be hard to do that shit. You get mm-hmm. so lost in there, you have no idea where you're at. Yeah, yeah.
2: Do you Do you know you you're born like m- most of your life was in Chicago? You know where you're going, if you didn't have your GPS,
1: would do you? If my phone died, I literally wouldn't know where the hell I'm going. Oh, really? Like I I could get I could get there, but it wouldn't be like a like oh I'm gonna go here, make a left and a right. So do you know road. the
2: coordinate system in Chicago? Uh, like 3200's Belmont for. 4- no. 2400 no. fullerton
1: no i'd, I'd literally zero yeah South north. i would get there but it'd be like ooh, oh western okay cool i know if i go to western and i can keep yeah going. that goes and like, all really you know yeah. like there's like there's like main streets that i know but like i rely on my phone so much i'd be i'd be lost oh. i'd call you I'd, i couldn't call you like i'd literally be like Fuck, okay i'm gonna be late for this thing so yeah, yeah those were the it's pioneer funny. days before GPS. But, like, that's why I keep my phone nice and juiced up. Yeah. I got multiple chargers. Yeah. But, you know. Well, we're used to it now, yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I'd be lost to answer your question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, before you get going, I know
0: you said that you have to be going on uh, a little bit. Uh, with uh, becoming a YPN share, uh, do you have to kind of, like, I don't know, I guess in political
1: terms, get in line and kind of work your way up to that? How does how do you get to that? How do Yeah. You get involved? That's a good yeah. question. Yeah, so I wouldn't say, like, get in line, but, like, you have to put in time. So um, I think that I was on the board for two years, and then you're supposed to be vice chair, and then vice chairs automatically go up to mm-hmm. chair. And so um, the person that was going to be chair stepped down, so I got bumped up a year early, actually. So Interesting. This, this would have been, like, my vice chair year, mm-hmm. technically. So um, Well,
2: you're doing a great
1: job. Well, thank you. Um, I, I really, really do try hard. Um, like Corey, who, like, is the glue person for the YPN board and like she she does so much um, she does you're talking about Corey Hall yes it, who yes. is like the photographer at the YPN she, she's everything like she's everything but like I, I'm I'm the person that just needs constant reassurance that I'm doing a good job because I'm like Corey like how did that go like how did the board meeting go did I like engage with enough people like were we on topic like did we do this and so like for me it's very much like like I, I give a shit Um. Mm-hmm. so I'm trying really really hard to make sure that it's you know uh, a good year but also trying to make sure that everybody on the board gets like some recognition and mm-hmm. love and like they mm-hmm. learn and 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 get value out of it too
0: so did you have everybody kind of get recognized before because because this last meeting we just had mm-hmm. this last wednesday yep. um rebecca mm-hmm. thompson was yes. the moderator that yes. day just a mm-hmm. kind of guest moderator yep. or whatever but didn't before that you kind of asked everybody to stand up and be acknowledged at the there? end
1: yep uh and it was awesome because you know this is this is uh we stumbled on that um <laughs> So I was supposed to do it at the beginning, but of course I forgot. And then I'm um, like, oh, shit, i got to do it at the end. So I did it at the end, and then it worked out well because then everyone knew who the board was. Mm. It's like they got to interact with them. And
2: talk to them afterwards. Yes. Yeah, yeah. because so. they
1: don't
0: realize, like, the they see the final product. They don't know the hustle that went into that. To oh, deliver yes. a good product with just the breakfast alone, but also all the mixers and mm-hmm. different things that you guys do, Yes, a lot of work goes into that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I met you guys. and And when I saw you that first time, so I guess – the first time I saw you in person was the first time I saw you in person as mm-hmm. well because you were on the panel mm-hmm. and you were moderating it. And I was like, who is this? Because I had been to the YPN for breakfast for a few years. My uh, my good friend, Carmen Carbonera introduced me to the YPN when I first started my own office. And it was uh, this dude, Mo Dotka. Mm-hmm. He was an attorney and a realtor. So it's kind of like both parts of the game. He was doing the moderating for a longest time. Mm-hmm. like I think up until like last year or maybe the year before that, he was doing it. But then you stepped in and I was like, man this dude seems really cool he was calm he had his questions ready he seemed to interact with everybody well i was like what a cool dude man i was like let me get to know him and just see if we'll do something like this in the future
2: no yeah, this is awesome yeah, thank you for that. i'm sure i speaking on your behalf i'm sorry but thank you <laughs> for yes. having us Agreed. i mean it's been a lot of fun I, I
0: love doing these it's a passion of mine um i i hope that people enjoy this and i feel like you have to do in life like the consistency is key with a lot of things and it's not really a thing unless you do it pretty regularly so I, this year I've been pretty good about it doing like one a week roughly mm-hmm. which is tough to like schedule with people that's why I had unfortunately you get to meet Tilsa this week so Tilsa I hope you uh, you get well soon she's a wedding officiant I think she had some food at a wedding that Ooh. just didn't do mm-hmm. her too well mm-hmm. um But I was hoping to get to meet her um, because at least, like, if a guest cancels then or something, I always have somebody that can at least just Mm. talk about what's going on with me this week, what I did well, what I didn't, whatever, current events, whatever the case may be, just topics. Um, But... uh,
2: but hopefully your guest thought our information was insightful. I thought it was, you know, great information in terms of, like, the market and stuff like that. There's a
0: lot of it in there. If people Mm -hmm. listen to this, like, there's a lot of things to absorb and food for thought to kind Mm -hmm. of, like... The thing is, like... Learning is a process that starts, but then you have to go put in the hard work to really internalize it and, like, implement it into your life. So, a lot of great stuff here. Because, like, I had all these bullet points written up, and I didn't really get to them. So, I'm like, Amy, family, and, uh... We talked Baltimore. about it a little bit. What we did, we kind of, like, just touched on. Yeah. Compass, uh, the group. U
2: of, uh, actuaries. You got great. it all. You got it all. <laughs> and then the behind, I was, like,
0: um... Jobs fill your uh, pockets, adventures
1: fill your souls, and that was, the that's one of my favorite quotes. Yeah, mm-hmm. so,
0: I, I mean, like, we'll do another one another time, because I wanted to, like, hear more about your vacations and stuff that you probably <laughs> like to take. Don't be afraid, just try pets, same, developers, barely scratching the surface, that when you did the panel with the developers' uh, panel, recently the, wor- the Realtors' work with, um, mm-hmm. with the developers' panel, I'm like... Rebecca was super polished. I wrote oh, a little note Lord. about that. I oh, Rebecca's that. amazing. Oh, my God. I was, amazing. Like, I was
1: like, how are you this good?
2: Oh, she's just phenomenal. Like, oh,
1: it, yeah. She, it was like a TV show. I have like, a fangirl
2: crush on yes, her. I t- her. I love her. I kind of do, too. Yep. Yeah. Well, everyone um, does. <laughs> you know, everyone does. She mm-hmm. met
0: me, and when when I first started in the business, I did this thing called Breaking Bread with Brian. I actually had the current YP, or the current Chicago Association Realtor President on there, um, Asha Gerken. Mm-hmm. So, shout okay. out to Asha. Um, and she, when she met me, she was like, "I feel like I'm meeting a celebrity," and I was like, "I feel like I'm meeting you." <laughs> like, she did this thing where it's like, it was almost like a TV star. Like, she was like this, like, like late night <coughs> host or something like that. This was just kind of the same vibe I got from you. But she was like, "Explain this context and then go," and like, now put your answer. In. And she said this like, like you have this mental framework that you're going through the whole time to deliver something that well, like kudos. These are it's the people I want to surround myself. Yeah,
1: that's one of her superpowers. I would say. She went to University of Chicago, which is, like, big brain, like, Harvard of the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. This was awesome. Before we go, I do want to say a quick thank you to the great Amy. Oh. Um, The industry standard, like, (laughs) so when I saw you send the the invite uh, for this podcast, I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to be doing a podcast with Amy? Like, that's amazing because you're...
2: Well, thank you. You're you're
1: awesome, and I appreciate, you know, all you do in terms of just showing up, like, which is half the battle. And being you know um, being sharing with your information because you have a lot to share so, thank oh you.
2: thank you mm-hmm. thank you very much mm-hmm. yeah I mean I, I love this industry I love this career so and you know if I didn't have people to look up to when I started I wouldn't be where I'm at so I hope you know people can take advice and you, you know implement it in their lives yeah
0: for sure one well, thank you both of you guys too because like I say like we we all have families we have personalized hand the work on top of it none of this stop. the stop the the clock is always ticking no matter what you're doing and this is not something paid this is just a pad, pra- passion project where we get together and we get to know each other and then better. like
2: 5 years from now well next year you're just going to, like, surpass my sales. so no Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give, me, give me some time.
0: <laughs> I like to fight until I'm in the presence of greatness as well. You know what I mean? So it's that battle of, like, earning it and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And hopefully good things in the, in the future for all of us. Like Absolutely. I said, like, who knows? I, I've, my dad and my mom were always worriers. And so they were worried about, like, the doomsday scenario. I just hope it doesn't hit that because I take my job very seriously. And I have staff to support here as well that depend on this job as a livelihood. And, and depend on me as a as a leader and my Mm -hmm. family my wife the whole deal you know we're trying to start a family ourselves so hopefully it it all stays going well and um you know it will because you you will make it
2: to be that so
0: um for sure hard (laughs) work will pay off for all of us um if you want to check out more with devon chandler uh, you also have the Caller of Chicago podcast, which you just kind of started out. Mm-hmm. Looks like during your first few episodes. Yes. Do you do that remotely? Is it in person?
1: Yes. Yeah, so it's it's been virtual. Um, it's been virtual, just easier and, and, and just you know more time efficient. Uh, I would love to get them in person at some point, but right, right now they're just virtual. So, um, uh, but yeah, I love this. Yeah, I, this is my
0: little man cave slash office area. I got the whole setup. Everything I need is at my fingertips. So cool to be here yeah. in person, but. Color of Chicago, so you're doing it virtually. Is that through Zoom or how do you
1: Yeah, do? so I use a, a, a thing called, uh, what the hell is it? Uh, Zencaster. Zencaster? Yeah, so just a virtual okay. podcast platform. So.
0: God, there's so much of that stuff out there. And yeah. It's cool that you stumbled upon that one. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah. Well, if, you, if there's ever anything, like if you try to do it in person or you need to know like an equipment list or the uh, software I use... The video recording software is just uh, what they call OBS. It's Open Broadcasting Software, so you can download it. Mm. I like to donate maybe like seventy-five or eighty dollars a year to them because they're a nonprofit, mm. and uh, I feel like that's almost like the subscription. That's my way of paying them back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, so it's, we'll check out your podcast. Anybody uh, or anything that you want people to know about your social media for Instagram, where they can they find you? Under what yeah, name and all for that.
1: sure. I appreciate that. Uh, just Devon Chandler underscore uh, is my Instagram handle, and then the team Instagram is just uh, Hello Chicago Homes. So Hello yeah, Chicago I appreciate homes. it. Nice mm-hmm. and
0: easy, very welcoming. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Liam?
2: Yeah, um, if you want to see my adorable children, it's Amy <laughs> Duong Kim. So I only well, I'll post very few posts about work there, but mostly it's my family.
0: On your Facebook.
2: Uh, Instagram Amy Duong Kim or just Amy yeah Amy Duong Kim uh, for the face for Facebook too and then Duong Kim Global for my Instagram and that will have all our new listings coming up um, you know things about work and whatnot pictures of showings and st- stuff like that so we try to we try to have at least usually w- at least one listing per week if not two to three listings a week so um Big so. Dogs. so if you want to see the new inventory so we won't have anything this coming week this following week because we'll be in uh la but probably two to three every week after that awesome beautiful cool
1: one thing
0: i say at the end of every podcast and i used to joke around a lot like during covid like well it's still covid COVID is contagious, motherfuckers, but so is kindness.
2: <laughs>
0: and so uh, what I always say is that I have been able to get along with many different people from many cultures in my lifetime just by starting from a position of kindness and respect. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's free to do. It'll take you to new levels with with your life, just your interaction with people every day, regardless of who they are. And so, um, you know, good people make up other people good. And so... Be good to yourself, be good to your family, be good to your community, and tune in next time to the Blessed Life University podcast, the Blue Podcast for short. Peace out, everybody. We love you. Peace,
2: peace. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it.